The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Hump Rumblings Day. Buffalo Rumblings Multicast and Podcast Network, brought to you by the Market Dominator. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. That is my co-host right over there, Jay Spencer King. What's up, Jay Spence? What's up, man? Where's your Where's your name? Uh, I took it. I take it down for overreaction, man. and I never and I never put it back. So, uh, <laughs> how are you this evening? I'm good. How are you? I missed you, man. Yeah, this dude, is the first time I've gotten a chance to talk to you since you've been gone. Yeah, since you've been gone. Sorry, little Kelly Clarkson there for you. Uh, it's been a minute. Yeah, I've been in. Uh, I've been in Mexico, Me- and, and I brought Mexico back to me. So if anybody's wondering, this is a uh, this is a, what they well, it's affectionately called the Thai blue, but it's basically a blue margarita. So, huh. so I'm still carrying the margar- the the Mexican love all the way up here in Buffalo, which was a balmy sixty degrees today. What's the weather like there in Arizona? Eighty nine. <laughs> Hot, <laughs> eighty nine. <laughs> Freaking! I'm hot. going to play golf Saturday. Is what I'm doing. I could have played golf today. You ain't. You that ain't no brag. I could have played golf today in shorts. Yeah, but you would have. Yeah, no, I'm not in shorts if I'm in Buffalo. That's not happening. I see the Renaissance man Wednesday night with a drink poured up and Hump Day Hotline on the on deck. I like it. I'm That's my to- dude. That's my dude. Like he's a. I can't wait for the day that I get to shake his hand. Seriously, like there's a lot of people that I've met and a lot of people I want to meet, but seriously i i need to meet him like that is my guy everybody jumping into the chat it's good to see all of you guys my mom says she's missed us i don't know how this is possible she's upstairs in my guest room right now <laughs> so uh mom, mom is so pretty oh my god i've never seen like a close-up is that a new picture or something or what because I, I, I never pay attention to the picture i guess mom well, is so where, pretty. Do you, where do you think i got my good looks from come on now brother come on now so she uh she came she came into town to watch the girls where beth, while beth and i were uh in uh mexico mexico by ourselves but uh yeah dude uh it's a good evening we'll do the read for the market dominator when uh some more people jump into the room it's wednesday night it's hump day jump on that like that like if you could do us that favor but uh let's uh where do we want to start do we want to start with the news of the day or the news of the week which is this uh oh yeah 
Wild Goose getting signed to the Jets, man. They came and plucked one of our draft picks out from the practice squad. And uh, I saw a lot of reaction on this. Like, so some people are like indifferent, like, oh, well, you know, we're good. Then others are like, man, I don't like it. I'm going right. to tell you, I don't like it, man. <laughs> like, um, we all obviously we have certain questions about the cornerback position. Um, yeah. And coming into the season, you had some people saying, like, we need to replace Levi. Yeah. Some people saying, mm-hmm. Why do we extend Teron Johnson? I know he got the interception in the playoffs, but he didn't play great before that. Like he wasn't. So you have questions at the cornerback position, but no, man. Um, I, I feel confident for the rest of the season at the very least with the guys that we have. But I don't like the fact that he got, you know, like that. I understand the rules and I know how it goes. But man, like that's the second one that came off our practice squad. We lost the offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And now we're losing our, our cornerback. And the thing is, both guys, I feel like if if they got the opportunity to play for us and we had the opportunity to really uh, de- develop them. I-, I feel like one of the, one of the best things about the Buffalo bills since Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean has come here is their ability to develop talent. Yeah. We saw it with Josh. The, the biggest one is we saw it with Josh Allen. Um, I, I think we're seeing it with Tremaine Edmonds this year. I think we're seeing him really become the player that they envisioned him being when they drafted mm-hmm. him. Uh, we see it with, you know, even Isaiah McKenzie, we didn't draft him, but coming here, he had concerns in several areas of his game. He's gotten better. Um, I can probably say this for like 30 guys because that's what they're good at. They do very, very well at developing these players. They have a couple guys that they can't seem to get on board, you know, like Cody Ford. Obviously, we're, we're at the point where it's like, man, we got to move on. But uh, I really would have loved for Wild Goose to be on his team for the future. I don't know. I, I'm indifferent. I think it's because I, you know, we could regret it later. I, I don't know that I saw enough of him in preseason to be like, oh my gosh, this dude's got what it takes. I think if he had enough to make a difference, even for the Jets, I mean, obviously they they plucked him. I think because they have an injury uh, in their defensive backfield. I think that if he was good enough, he would unseat a guy like Levi Wallace, right, or whoever the the guy is behind Levi Wallace. Go ahead. But no, you're right. You're right. But but Levi, man. He just he continues to prove everybody wrong every year. Sure. It's like he's and I think it's is based off of his his background. He has that mentality that he just will not lose. So, you know, I like I don't care. Now, obviously, there's certain guys who are just better. You bring Stefan yeah. Gilmore back to Buffalo. He's he's starting. But but the thing is, like Levi is like he's he's they've brought in guys. They've right. brought in guys to compete with him. And he just cannot. He, he cannot. He's not giving up his position. Yeah, but when you look at uh, – and I know that it, it it speaks to the depth of the roster. So I know that it's different now than it was when Levi Wallace got here. Levi Wallace is an undrafted rookie free agent, right? And he comes and he starts some somewhat right away. Dane Jackson, I believe, was the seventh-round pick, and he's like the guy waiting in the wings. Wild Goose was – what was he, fourth round, fifth round? Where was he taking sixth? It's Chris Jenkins in the – Chris Jenkins, six, yeah, Chris, yeah, tell us. he'll tell us. Um, but he couldn't unseat an undrafted rookie free agent. He couldn't unseat, you know what I mean, a, a, a seventh round pick. He couldn't unseat some of these guys. And again, I know that it speaks to the depth of the roster. I know that it speaks to, you know, Levi and Dane have been here. Cam, you know, uh, is does Des Lewis or Cam Lewis? Cam Lewis. Cam Lewis has been here for a while. I, I don't I don't know how to feel about it. I, does it matter to me? I don't think so. Does it mean might I regret it next year? Yeah, right. So, well, let me ask you this: If, if, um, and I know this is probably, I don't know if it's in the comments or in the questions or not, but um, do we think? Because I just said, like, we're good, we're good with our our secondary, we're good with the cornerbacks that we have. Mm-hmm. But do you, but do you think a 
is Levi going to get extended or is Levi, you know, like, is this one of those things where he's, he's proven us all wrong every year? Does he get an extension or does he go elsewhere now if he doesn't, if we don't win this Super Bowl? So it's scrolling at the bottom uh, to your request. Wallace is quietly doing his job and in line for an extension. Do the bills ride it out or make him moved uh, to secure his future in Buffalo? I don't know. You know, it's funny because my position wholly changed W H O L L Y completely changed on Levi Wallace after having spent enough time with John Fina to kind of understand what the bills were asking him to do. Mm-hmm. Do I think they can upgrade that position in the draft? Yes. Do I think they need to? Maybe. I'm not saying I don't like Levi. I'm definitely way more comfortable with him being on the roster now than I was last year. If you remember, I was fit to be tied last year at times. Like, I think we all were. It's like, could you please make a play on the football and not let everybody catch the ball and then tackle them? And then you discover that that's kind of what they're asking him to do. Just be a sure tackler. Keep it the play in front of you. Bend, but don't break. Yada, 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 which is what he's doing. Extension? I don't know. I think he's one of those guys that if he can come on the cheap, they might extend him because you can't have a roster full of Josh Allen's and Stefan Diggs and Tremaine Edmonds. Cause you know, Diggs is looking for, for money. He's going to be looking for money soon. I should say Tremaine is going to be looking for money soon. He's, they're going to, they picked up his fifth year option. So he's got a big number and then there's going to be a, we expect right. An extension after that, which is going to be probably enormous, especially if he builds off of last year, if they don't sign Tremaine in the off season this year, and he builds on this season, next season and like starts to really, come into his own and develop his body style and understand like he's no longer like the puppy with the long legs. If that makes any sense, like he literally begins to feel his body a little better. There's only so many people that can earn $20 million a year. So Levi becomes one of those guys where it's like, we trust him. We know what he's going to give us. He's consistent. Maybe the bills do secure his future in Buffalo versus you know, they're definitely not going to get it. I don't, I don't see them going after a free agent, right? Finding a, a guy that's better than Levi to be opposite Trey. Maybe they draft a guy. I got to think they're going guard. I got to think they're going heavy off. They went heavy defensive line in this draft. I think they go heavy offensive line, uh, even with Spencer Brown. And who knows what Tommy Doyle is going to be. But even with Spencer Brown, I still think they go heavy offensive line. Mitch Morse's contract's coming up. Feliciano is easy, easy, easy to let go. Cody Ford's clearly not going to be on this roster next year, right? So when you do the math, I know Bill's Mafia might not like it, but Wallace probably gets extended. The question is when. I, I mean, but that's the question, I guess, for me. Why wouldn't Bill's Mafia like it? Like when you're looking at, um, to your point, A, what the team is asking him to do, he's because doing that, it very why. well. They don't know that. They don't know that part. The majority of the people on Twitter don't watch our show. Don't watch the FINA show. Don't watch the Code of Conduct show. The majority of people on Twitter that are just freaking out about Levi Wallace see him allow uh, – AJ Brown to catch the ball in front of him six times in a row and doesn't, you know, and then tackles him. And it's like, why can't he make a play on the ball? Cause they're not asking him to, they're asking him to keep the ball in front of him and make a tackle. But then, you know what the thing is though. And this is, I, I talked about this on the code of conduct. Um, the, the thing about, about it is, yeah, he's, so he'll give up catches to AJ Brown. He'll give up catches where like he keeps the play in front of him and then he makes a tackle. But then when you're looking at really, you look at the majority of the season, the Bills have one of the stingiest, if not the stingiest, defenses in the league. So mm-hmm. even if we're talking about him giving up some catches here and where he's giving up this there, the thing is they're not giving up a lot. Not you. You know, I'm not saying it no, like no, you're no. saying it. 
I'm going to back what you just set up. The Buffalo Bills have are, are by far have the lowest quarterback against like quarterback rating in the NFL. They are crushing opposing quarterbacks, crushing. Opposing, like killing them. And they're number yeah. one, hands down. It's not even a question. So the thing is, when you critique these guys and you're saying like, well, he's giving up this, he's giving up that. But then you look at the defense. It's like, wait, well, they're really not giving up a lot. So like, I can't right. be because then the thing is, it's like, OK, yeah, he could be a quote unquote shut down corner. And then what? We give up 30 yards less a game. Right. You get right. like I mean, that's the real question. So it's like, what what is the expectation when you look at your second cornerback and you're looking at uh, opposite Trey White? What do you expect? Like, no, I'm not going to throw to Trey side. 10 times a game because I don't want four interceptions. Well, there's two guys. You know they're, not, they're not throwing to Taron Johnson anymore either. So they're, right. so, they're not throwing so to So now when you look at guys. that, it's like, okay, so we got to throw to Levi because at least the team is asking Levi to keep the play in front of him and he's not jumping these balls. So that's the weakness that we have on our defense. But when And then when you look at it, it's not a weakness because what they do is they, they give up just enough space to where the team feels like they might be able to pick up some yards or they might be able to get a first down, but they don't. And we always get the ball back. So I'm not mad on any level when it comes to Levi. Like I want Levi to get a three-year extension a team-friendly deal, but I need that extension oh. to happen before the playoffs get here. He's not going to make what Terran's making. He's not going to get eight million a year. I mean, he's no, going to no, probably no. I don't, I don't in that four and, a half, yeah. four and a half to five and a half range. So this Chris Shakey says, I think they go heavy interior O line and D tackle. I agree. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Bills go center guard one two one two next year. Center guard and maybe D, DT and three. Mitch Morris is going to be off this roster soon, not because they're going to cut him, because his contract's going to be up, and I don't think they're going to resign him. Um, and then obviously we know right. we. We all, I don't think that he's given them necessarily what they want. I, I love, I love Mitch Morris. I think Mitch Morris is great. He clearly is a better pass blocker than run blocker. And there's a, a clear and concise message that the bills have been putting out since last year that we need to be more effective running the football. And Mitch Morris is potentially a liability in that category. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to, I'm, I'm no way bashing Mitch Morris. I'm just telling right, the right. truth. So for me to see the Buffalo Bills draft a center like they did Eric Wood and draft a guard, and then you see literally Dawkins, rookie guard, rookie center, Darrell Williams, Spencer Brown, that offensive line could be 10 times better than it is right now, potentially. See, I, I agree with most of what you're saying. I just think I just think Mitch Morrison, maybe I'm, you know, I haven't had the, um, the I don't I don't speak to John as much as you do. and But to me, I think for the season, the full season that we're talking about, I think Mitch Morris has been the most consistent player on the offensive line. Agreed. And I think that he's the, so, so to me, um, yeah, I know obviously we will have to end up drafting at some point, but right now to me, no, Mitch is here. I wouldn't make him the highest paid center in the league again, but <laughs> I think if we can extend them, get him a nice extension, I will go guard and I will go defensive tackle. At some point we have to replace star. Um, I, I, I know everybody loves Harry. I love Harry. Harry's not star. Um, mm. You know, Oliver is doing his thing, but it's a different it's a different defensive tackle position that he's playing. So yeah. he's not going to give you the same type of um, he's not going to eat up blocks the way that star does. So I, I, if it's me again, I'm a podcaster, I'm not a coach, but if it was me, I'm going offensive guard and I'm going defensive tackle one and two. I mean, especially when you're when you're figuring we're going to be drafting 32. So another offensive tackle. So you're taking another OT. No, uh, offensive guard, I meant. I'm sorry. Guard. You said guard first, and then you said an offensive tackle. So OT. Defensive o tackle. Defensive, I mean, defensive, defensive tackle. tackle. Yeah, I meant because we got to replace Star at some point. So Charlie Gross is in the show, which is good. Thanks, Charlie, for coming on. I think they extend him more to lower his cap it, which is completely possible. They have too many needs on the O-line. I would say this. I think this is his last year. Not 
I think next year's is last. I could be wrong. I let me let me keep. Chris Jenke says that Mitch Morse has one year left after this year. Yes, his contract is easy to get out of this offseason and not much dead cap should they choose to move on. So my only point is this: I'm not saying that they're going to cut Mitch. They're going to move on from Mitch. I think Mitch will play out his contract at the very least. There's a good chance they can extend him to to Charlie's point and lower his cap number and like get him in a little bit underneath, especially if he wants to stay here. The part that I take a little bit of uh, that, that I don't agree with in Charlie's post is the year that Eric Wood was drafted. I mean, he was drafted late. You can get a, a center to start in the NFL as a rookie late in the first round. Like that guy is going to start. And if he doesn't, you drafted the wrong guy. Like centers generally, when you draft them, they play. Like that's just how it is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's like that with with certain other positions too. Like you just. You know, you, for instance, you draft the. I know with the Bills is different, but a defensive end at times, like you, you draft a a high motor defensive end that can get to the quarterback. They start. They normally come in the league hot, but right. But no, I just I think I think when you look at the entire the entirety of our of our team, I feel like there are minimal holes. Now, so yeah. to me, if I was going to rank the holes that we do have, I'm going to go offensive guard. Then I'm going to go punter. For me, I'm gonna go punter after offensive guard. I'm with you. And then and then from there, like, yeah, we have to end up replacing star. We have to find a it's younger defense, replacement for Mitch. Defense, you know, defensive tackle for sure. So it's yeah. definitely it's definitely guard number one glowing problem. Guard, maybe two guards on this football team. Daryl Williams when he's next to Spencer, next to Morse Morris is playing better. Um, backup quarterback is gonna be a problem next year, right? I mean, we're back in that next year. We're yeah. back in that situation where we've got a quarterback that's a, that's that's one number one or number two, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL who plays a physical style of football. If he gets hurt and is out for four games, you've got to have a backup that can win two of those four games, right? Yeah. No, I'm with right. you. I'm, right. I'm with Tight end. Um, I think we saw from Tommy Sweeney. He's been here as long as Dawson Knox. Probably not ready. I think you, but I think the tight end position, unless there's somebody in the draft that you're just like, yo, this guy's a stud. I think, I think tight end is a position you have Dawson. So you can go and get a, a um, I don't want to call it a bargain, but you can go and get a bargain tight end. This is the, not um, true. Eric Wood started as a, as a center in Buffalo. He came in after, uh, what's his name? Uh, the dude that we picked up from Denver that, that was supposed to be great and sucked. Eric Wood. I'm not going to debate it because I don't know. So I'm not going to debate I'm, it. I'm, Daniel, I love you. You know that I love you, but I'm pretty sure that Eric Wood has only played center for Buffalo. Okay. Uh, keep going. While, while I'm Googling, you can you can look that up. No, no, you're good. Um, or, you're, or while I'm we'll looking that up, you can talk. Um, and Charlie actually asked, our punter is bad, but isn't he on a five-year contract? Listen, Charlie, you're right. Probably is. I can look that up. But I don't, I don't care what the contract is at this point. Like, bro, whatever y'all got to do, to, to improve y'all know me like so so when it comes to the code of conduct when it comes to the chop up when it comes to half day of the hump day hotline or not half day but half of the show of the hump day hotline special teams is going to get talked about because yeah. i i truly value special teams so you know you you can't you can't have what we've had this season out of the punter position you just you just can't so ProReference.com actually has Eric Wood having played his first two season they have him listed as a right guard i do not remember him playing right guard at all and i've got a pretty good yeah. memory so daniel well, at you, this got point, Dan you got, you got it, a bunch of people in the comments like nope it was guard nope yeah. <laughs> i remember okay. that draft i remember that draft specifically wanting alex mack i wanted him really bad 
Hangartner. That was the guy I was thinking about. And Hangartner was awful. And Levitri was awful too. Uh, that's a funny time in, the, in Bill's history when they had Levitri and then they had Wood and they had uh, Wang. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> they had those three guys. <laughs> so, Daniel, I apologize. I literally have no memory. I just remember wanting Alex Mack very bad. Alex Mack went to the Browns and then the Bills drafted Wood. And I immediately went to my computer because I was like, who the heck is Eric Wood? And then behold, like the dude's going to end up on the Bills wall, like ring of honor. Like he's going to end up on the wall thing. But yeah. I John digress. says that we could have drafted Humphrey and not Boogie. The, the thing is, I, I like Boogie Basham. Um, I know he hasn't gotten to play that a lot of fans would probably expect him to have gotten being such a high draft pick. But I think when, when your defense is playing the way they're playing, you don't have to force it. So I, I really like I truly believe if we had um, some injuries or if guys weren't playing well, I think we would see a lot of Boogie. Boogie's going to be a beast for this team for a long yeah. time. Yeah. He and Groot are two guys that can do both. Like they can, you can rotate them on the inside. You can keep them on the outside. They help with the run. They help with the pass. Like both these guys are, I don't know if everybody remembers in the off season, people were saying, well, Boogie is more game ready than Groot. And Groot is playing lights out. Like he's playing out of his mind. So, well, we thought I, that we thought, we thought that Boogie would start Groot would develop. And then eventually they'd probably mm -hmm. switch places. And then it's like, nope, Boogie scratched and Groot is a monster. Like he's a problem, yeah. But I'm I'm a hundred percent okay with, with the boogie, um, the boogie pick. I'm I'm obviously great with with my guy Groot, um, but I also get the the need or the desire to have somebody like Creed on his team. Like I completely get it, especially with the struggles that we're having. Yeah, for sure. So uh, let's talk about real quick, just because we've are, we've been uh, crushing this thing. Good conversation, and uh, the chat yeah. is is super fun. Actually, before I do that. Now that we got some folks up here in the room, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this show, the Humpty Hotline that you are tuned into is on the Buffalo Rumblings uh, Multicast Network and Podcast Network. It's brought to you by the Market Dominator. Who is the Market Dominator? Well, the Market Dominator is that guy right there below my name. Uh, his name is John Spazcheck, and he is a real estate agent with Keller Williams Realty. Uh, Keller Williams is the largest real estate agency or brokerage in the world. And John is consistently one of the number one reps in all of Western New York, like Every single month, I like share his post on Facebook where he's like in the million dollar club. The dude is just awesome. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, you want to call John. You want to have the best team on your side because when it comes to buying and selling a home, the reality is, is you don't get to do that by yourself. Somebody does that for you and you want the best agent you can find. John is that guy. If you are looking to buy a home or sell a home, call John on his cell phone. He will answer. 716-570-3298. That number again, 716-570-3298. You can also email him. I wouldn't do that. I'd call him, but you can email him. <laughs> Your elite broker. At G well, I'm just that kind of a guy. Like for me, I want to call somebody. I want him to answer. And that's what John will do. He'll answer. Hey, he'll answer every uh, time. You can also tweet him. John is Bill's Mafia. He is actually a season ticket holder in the club section on the visitor side. I've sat in his seats. They're actually great seats. And uh, his uh, handle on Twitter is at your elite broker. Give John a call. You won't regret it. Tell him the voice. And uh, Jay, Sp Jay Spencer King sent you. Maybe he'll Did you, cut your break. Yeah, I know you were, you were um, you know, on the beach drinking one of those. Mm. But did you get a chance to catch um, Time to Shine or the chop up on the weekend that you weren't? In I had no, no internet service. Okay. So first, I just, before we move on from, from talking about John, let me tell you how like John's energy, first of all, is contagious. Secondly, yes, he had, he had the best commentary out of anybody that night that I caught up there. You know, I had Nick Geary, I had, right, right. you know, Pat Moran and, and Ashley Petty and 
Kim Kim or Kristen Kimmick. And yep, like, yep, so yep. I, I had the crew, I had Angie, everybody, yo, John got up there. He got that mic and he just, he lit the whole place on fire. So shout out to John, <laughs> the market dominator. He was talking about how the bills were going to dominate the Jaguars the same way he dominates the market. Unfortunately that didn't happen. <laughs> but what I tell you, if you get a chance to go back and check that out, man, I'm telling you, you got to see John. John is like, I love John, man. He's, he's become one of my favorite people in this world. Honest yeah. to God. Like he's I love John. A, he's a genuine dude and he'll treat you right. If you're looking to buy or sell a house, if you've ever had a bad buying or selling experience because of your agent, or didn't maybe go the way that you want, you won't have that experience with John. So let's talk about the Jets game real quick before we put this thing to bed. All right, I threw up in my mouth. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) What are your feelings on this whole concept of a get-right game? Was that a get-right game, or are the Jets just a bad football team? I think both can be true. You know, I think both can be true. I think for us, we needed a get right game. Like we needed to, even if the team was bad that we were playing, we needed to to see ourselves and not the fans. I'm talking about the team. Yeah. The Buffalo Bills needed to see themselves operate like they should. They needed to see themselves have good connections between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. They needed to see the defense force turnovers. And I mean, they've been doing that all season. So it's not sure. like that yeah. was the need, but they needed to see the team win on all three phases special teams offense and defense and we did that um and and then like i said you got your confidence back from your quarterback you know he had a couple turnovers the the game before now he came out and he just dominated he looked like if he wanted to he could have threw for 500 yards if he felt like it you know our running game it still isn't like okay we got the guys now like they did it it's still not that but they made a big improvement over what we saw in Jacksonville. Then you're talking about the offensive line. Spencer Brown came back and mm. first of all, can I just, can I just like how, how amazing is it that I know? Cause last week or two weeks ago now we had Feliciano out and we had Brown out. Right. So it was like, well, the offensive line is hurting because of the two starting positions being out. Right. It's not Feliciano. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you it's Spencer Brown. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've, I just I love I love how much of an impact he has as a rookie on this team. I, I like yeah. I absolutely love it, man. I love well, he, it. He's he's already become a tone setter. So last year when Mongo yeah. was out, that was the problem is like the, the offensive line lacked an identity because there was nobody there who was John Feliciano 30 pounds heavier than he is now, being that kind of Italian stallion like bruiser. I'm not gonna take crap from nobody, I'm gonna shove people around. This year, he's a different player. Spencer Brown, we've seen the video where he's like making fun of shorter guys, like talking mm-hmm. about guys' stature, like making fun of dudes. Like he clearly dusted, pancaked a couple guys in this football game. He's just, he's just a monster. Like he's just set and he's using his physicality to his benefit and it's setting the tone for this offensive line. And the reality is, is Daryl Williams was kind of a bust at, le- at right, right tackle and then moved to right guard with the Panthers, I believe is where he came from. And kind of played okay, and the Bills signed him and moved, moved him out to right tackle. And we talked, we've talked about last year that he was somewhat of the unsung hero. He kind kind of came in, and you never heard his name called. He didn't get penalties. He never like let sacks up. He's he's a better right guard than right tackle for sure. And Spencer Brown is a good, very good right tackle. It'll be interesting to see what his progression is if he can make it to left um, or not. But uh, I agree with you. But the Jets game for me, I'm not. I think the problem that I have, and I said this on Sunday. Get right, get right games have some some set of some sort of uh, definition to like okay now we've gotten back to who we are, and I don't know that that game we saw on Sunday was necessarily who the Bills were a lot of, like the run game four rushing touchdowns like that's not who the Bills necessarily are and I don't want the Bills to get this 
misconception that like, yeah, that's who we are. We did it because I'm not sure if you play the Colts the way that you played the Jets, that you're going to have four rushing touchdowns the way that they did against right against them. Thoughts? No, they're not. The game Sunday coming up is not going to be like the game this past no. Sunday. No. Um, first, first, it's a, it's a completely um, they're way, way more competitive, like mm-hmm. way, way more competitive. They have a running back who at this point um, with Derek Henry going down and with uh, Christian McCaffrey kind of getting back into the swing of things. I think Jonathan Taylor at the moment is the best back in the league. Mm-hmm. Um so, so it's going to be a completely different game. Our run defense is going to be tested. Um, not that it hasn't been tested at points this year. Obviously, we saw the Derrick Henry situation. We saw um, other teams try to have success. They haven't quite had it besides Derrick Henry, but we're going to be tested this week. Are we really that number one overall defense with everything? Are we that dominant against the run? We're going to find out because Jonathan Taylor, he I, I saw a crazy stat the other day. It's like against – stacked boxes so like eight guys in the box he i think he averaged something crazy like 7.2 yards or carry with eight guys in the box and it's just like yo what the hell man? well that that speaks to the offensive line and the scheme and the run protections the run fits but or the run protections but it's so the bills are going to try to make them one-dimensional I mean, the Bills are literally, that's that's what Sean McDermott says. We, we're going to win by by making the the offense, the opposing offense, one-dimensional. So they're going to do everything they can to shut down, right, uh, mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor. I, it, it'll be interesting to see how Carson Wentz responds to that and, and if the Bills can shut him down. And it, it, you got to wonder if the Bills are going to move out of a, fi- of a, out of a nickel, out of, out of the 4-2 nickel. Um, are they going to move to more of a, a 4-3, an actual traditional 4-3 if Tremaine can play? which we haven't even gotten to the injury report yet. We, we segued nicely into the next week, which is fine. But if Tremaine is healthy and can play, do they put Klein out there? Do they put a third linebacker out there and take Taron off the field, Taron Johnson off the field and remove that nickel corner? I, I don't know what the answer is. I know that every single time you and I have been on this show, and it's been a lot, and we've talked about being worried about the opposing team's running back, really good running back, the Bills have shown up. Outside of that Tennessee game this year, of which that 76-yard touchdown run by Derrick Henry had three holding penalties on it by the offense, the the Bills' defense has shown up every single time we've been worried. Going back to last year against the Raiders, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, yeah. I I think and I'm hoping that the Buffalo Bills don't change their identity for this game. You know, when you when you get away from who you are to try yeah. and win the game and like yeah. you overthink it or you over scheme it, that's normally when mistakes are made because you have to think to do mm-hmm. your job as opposed to just being naturally in the place you're supposed to be. These guys have been for the most part. Obviously, we have some rookies and we have one couple guys here that's newer than others. But for the most part, these guys have been together for four years. So. At this point, I want you guys to play the defense that you've been in. I want you to play the way you're like you've been playing all season. Play your position. You're a linebacker. Play exactly how you've been playing all year. And if we get beat on a run, okay, we get beat on a run. Play for the next down. Like don't. Well, at the end of the day, yeah. getting beat by Jonathan Taylor for a 16 yard run is the same thing as Levi Wallace allowing a 16 16 yard completion and tackling the guy through. As long as it's not as long as it's between the 20s, right? Then don't yeah. break. So I'm not I'm not in any way um, expect. At least I'm hoping that the team doesn't try to change their identity to stop and contain Jonathan Taylor to yeah. me. Look, and, and I, I get that we take pride in stats and we take pride in being able to say, Oh, we, we have, we gave up the less, the most, the least amount of yards out of any other team on defense. And we're just great. I understand the pride behind that. Like it feels good to, to, 
to flex like that when you're debating and it feels good. Listen, I don't care if we have the most yards in the world given up. At the end of the day, as long as we have more points on the board when is all zeros on the clock, that's what I care about. So the thing is, I want to leave out of here with a W. That's what I want. I want to leave out of there with a W. Well, the reality is, and before we talk about the bottom or the last portion of this uh, scrolling ticker at the bottom, which is about are we concerned about uh, Star and Tremaine not being in this football game? It's all going to be how the, the the Bills' offense starts as well, because the Bills are seven and two right now if they score two touchdowns versus two field goals in the Tennessee Titans game, because that almost removes Derrick Henry and him from the game. So if the Bills come out and they find a way to put fourteen on the board early, right? So then the the, the culture seven. seven whatever if if the culture playing from behind from the beginning. In an away stadium, which, by the way, traditionally in the last several years, the Colts have not played well in Buffalo to begin with, just just in general. But if if the Bills can get up early, it's going to take Jonathan Taylor potentially out of the game and put the game on Carson Wentz's back. Now, the problem is, you're going to say something? I'll, I'll wait. I'll let you finish your thought because I problem, do disagree that they haven't been playing well. But go ahead. What? Uh, who hasn't been playing? Did I say they haven't been the playing Colts well? In Buffalo, no, you said in Buffalo they haven't played well the last couple of times. They almost beat us in the playoffs. Uh, right, okay, but the Bills won that game. Gotcha. And the game before that, the Bills won that game. The home opener, they won that game a couple of years ago. But that's all I'm saying is like the, the like the Colts haven't necessarily won here in a minute. Uh, and then, so what you're talking about is putting the game on the shoulders of Carson Wentz if the offense can come out start fast. The problem with that is Carson Wentz beat this Buffalo Bills team with Josh Allen in the hurricane, right, when he was an eagle. 55 mile an hour wins in Buffalo. I was at that stupid football game when Josh Allen threw the ball 42 or 44 times, which is ridiculous. Um, it, it's just going to be interesting. There's a lot of dynamics to play. I think literally trying to shut shut that shut Jonathan Taylor down, making them one dimensional, only works if the Bills come out hot early. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, the thing with Carson for me, I, I think I'm less of a a harsh critic on him than most people around. I am as well. And, people, I got um, bashed for it this past or last week. I got bashed for it because I, 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 I put a tweet out that said people were kicking dirt on Carson Wentz way too early, and like this yeah. guy sucks. And it's like he doesn't suck. He doesn't <laughs> suck. Like if you actually and and I don't. I, I always hate to say it like this because I don't want to be one of those go watch the film. I don't want to be right, those right, guys. Right. right. Uh, but like I, lately, I've been watching a lot of football. Like since we started doing these podcasts and adding all these shows to our week. Um, I, <laughs> I didn't mean it to come out like that, but, <laughs> but I've been watching a ton of football because I want to be informed and I want to make sure I give correct takes and, and not just like speaking out of, out of left field. Carson Wentz is not a bad quarterback. Now, just like everybody else, he has moments where he looks unsettled or he looks sure. like he's not the guy that he was drafted to be. Josh Allen has moments. I'm sure. not, he doesn't have games anymore, but he has moments that he doesn't look like the MVP runner up that he was last. We had a game a couple weeks, like against the Jaguars where they're like, Oh my God, is Josh Allen no longer in the MVP conversation? Josh is still good. Carson Wentz with his coach, Frank Wright. And we all know him in Buffalo. We all love him because of who he is and the greatest comeback and all that stuff. Frank Reich is a, is a offensive genius. And if you don't want to give him that credit, sucks to be you because he is like Frank Wright is, is one of the best offensive minds in the league. And when you add Carson with a great offensive line, like he has, and you add a running game, like he has, and you have weapons, like he, he has weapons to throw to. Yep. So I'm going to just tell you oh, this and, game. Oh, and by the way, who was Carson Wentz's offensive coordinator when he was good in Philadelphia? 
Boom. Frank, right, you get what I mean? So Frank Wright, he 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 knows how to use Carson. Yes. He knows how to put him in the right position to win. So if you're thinking that we're gonna go into this game and it's gonna be like, oh, we're gonna make we're gonna make Carson look like like uh Mike White. I hope so. <laughs> like I would love to see that, but I'm gonna just tell you, uh, Carson Wentz isn't gonna look like Mike White Sunday. He's not going to. Well, he's not going to look like, look like Mike White, but there's a great chance that the Bills could slow him down and turn him into kind of what he was this past weekend against the Jaguars. He did not have a good football game against the Jaguars. Um, it's 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 dude, this is going to be a fun football game. I you know I I was thinking about this show and I was thinking about what I wanted to say and I was thinking about how I wanted to feel. And after specifically the Jaguars game, I just I'm having a hard time my confidence is a little bit not broken, but a little bit cracked. Right. And the jets game, as much as like we thumped the jets, I'm not sold on like, yeah, we thumped the jets. We're back. It's like, no, they kind of suck. I know they beat the Bengals, but they kind of suck. And I, and like all I could come up with, and this might not even ring true, like ring for you, but like movie quotes is kind of like my thing. Um, do you remember the movie, the gladiator with, with, uh, with Russell Crowe? There's the scene with Robert the Bruce, and he's talking to, I think, his dad, and yeah, and he's like, "I want to believe," and that's where I'm at. Like, I want to, like, we went into that eight eight game stretch at the end of the season last year, and I believed, I I said it that the Bills could potentially win out, and they did. Like, I believed it, and they did, and that's that's where I want to be. I just my confidence is a little bit shaken from that Jaguars game, so I want to see like they're gonna. I believe they can shut Jonathan Taylor down. I just don't like this game is gonna be. I'm gonna be a nervous wreck, dude. I'm going to be a nervous freaking wreck for this football game. Well, I don't, I don't, um, I'm going to say, so my confidence is there. My confidence is there. I don't think we're going to go undefeated for the rest of the year, but I'm very, very confident that at the very, what do we have left? Uh, eight games? No, nine uh, games. Yeah, where eight, where eight, are we eight, at? Eight, six and nine, three. So we have eight games left. So we have eight games left out of those eight games. I see us going six and two. 11 and or 12 and five does not get the number one seed. I I think that ship is sailed and that's only because, and I understand that might get me some bad feedback here, but um, losing that game against the Jaguars, which you are supposed to win 10 times out of 10. Mm. Um, I think that hurts because right now the AFC is very tight. Like literally, I think it's like two games that separates the one seed from the, <laughs> the eight seed. So if we didn't lose that game, we're in the one seed right now. And also, um, you know, say we lose to Tampa. I don't honestly this year. I don't think that we will. But say I'll, we be, lose to I'll Tampa. be at that game. They better not lose. I'm trying to get you to go. <laughs> it ain't happening. <laughs> it ain't happening. It's over. But but say so. Say we lose to that team. Um, the thing is now you added another loss to your record that you weren't supposed to have. We absolutely should have had the number one seat. We should have beat Pittsburgh. Yes. And we should have beat Jacksonville. And, so when you have two losses on your Tennessee. And Tennessee, but but losing to Tennessee to me isn't as bad of a blemish on your on your record True. as losing to Jacksonville and, and Pittsburgh. So to me, you know, because because you're right, we should have beat Tennessee. I still think that we're the better team. I, I've been saying that since the loss, and I got dragged for it by Tennessee fans because they're like, "How the hell can we beat you?" And you still say we're be- we're better than you. Okay, like well, it just is what it is. The stat, they're middle of the pack in offense and defense. Like they're not a good football team. They're just winning. It's not, yeah, they, they, it's not it, to, it's Bruce's point, out. to Bruce's point. It's not sustainable the way they're winning. So, 
Yeah, so it's just working out for them that the ball is bouncing the way it needs to bounce for them in order to get the victories. And I'm okay yeah. with that. Like, right. like I understand sometimes it takes talent, but it also takes a lot of luck a lot of times to get to and win the Super Bowl. There, are, like you go back to the the Eli Manning years of uh, of the Giants. He wasn't a good quarterback in my in my opinion. People can yell at me about that. I know he's Hall of Fame and all that. He wasn't good. He had a run. You talk about Joe Flacco. He's going to make the Hall of Fame, but I don't, I don't know. He's not his brother. Can we all just admit that he's not Peyton? He's absolutely <laughs> not Peyton. To me, Peyton, it, there's an argument, and I know this is not the direction that we're going to go on the show, but I mean, there's you an go, argument boy. to be made you go. that. that well, I'm just saying, there's an argument to be that made that Peyton could be the best quarterback of all time. Mm -hmm. You know, if you if you're going by Super Bowls, obviously it's Brady. But I mean, right. like, if you're talking about just okay, I got a guy on the field with a good offensive line and receivers. Who do you want to? Who do you want to lead your offense? Peyton Manning. A lot of people are going to say Peyton Manning before they say Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's a damn good quarterback. Right, right. So Eli, I don't think you're going to you're going to hear Eli on anybody's list until you get probably down into like the 40s. <laughs> maybe then. Maybe then. It's, it might be farther than that for me. Like, yeah, it, yeah. I just, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's it, it's there. We can move on. So I, yeah, I don't want to. That's what I said. I know that's not. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go there because I know. But I'm just saying, like Eli is not. Eli is not a good quarterback. So, you know, there's there's an argument to be made about Peyton. There's an argument to be made all about all these things. But when you're talking about like now in the grand scheme, back to the conversation about like where the Bills are in the schedule, when you have those losses, it's really really tough to like unless they do win out because right. we're so close. Everybody in the AFC. I'll look that up now. But um, everybody is so close. Um, I just don't see the Bills being able to win out. I just don't, and that's not me doubting them. I think I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna win the division like we should. We should, and yeah. then I think, and then I think we're gonna have to play every weekend of the playoffs. But I think they're gonna be built to do it. Well, the good I, news is, is more than likely, if, if Tennessee comes away with the one seed, then I can't see them making it through the playoffs. Which means the Bills could potentially, if they're the two seed, end up with home field advantage. At some point, so the, the, the AFC Championship game still goes through Buffalo. In regards to this game, what are you looking up? No, I'm, I'm looking at the um, the standings for the. Go ahead, I, I'll load them up. I, I'll, I'll load them up. How? What are we thinking? And you guys can talk in the comments section as well. What are we thinking as far as Star not being a part of this football game? More um, than likely, more than likely, Tremaine's going to play. He's day to day with a hamstring. More than likely, he's going to play. I think. I'm. I'm hoping that that star plays. Um, if if I don't even think if Tremaine possible. doesn't play, I don't think it's possible for Star to play. Star was unvaccinated, got COVID Sunday, so it was pulled off the field Sunday, and it's what is it, ten days or fourteen days? I think. Oh, you know what? I don't know. I don't I know. Think, I think he's out. I don't think it's even possible for him to return. If okay, he was vaccinated. Yeah, if he was vaccinated, I think he could return. But I thought I read a report last week that he's unvaccinated, which means it's automatically ten days. Well, I need I, I I need Star to to figure that out. Like I need him to. And again, it's not my place to um come on here and tell people to be vaccinated or not. And I'm not doing the political conversation about it and all that stuff. I need I need I need I need him on this field. So what I'm saying to you is, I'm not telling you you need to get vaxxed. What I'm telling you is, I need you on this field. <laughs> figure that out. Just figure it out, man. Yeah, about that. So where are we at as far as that goes? I mean, do you? I mean, it's we're going to see a lot of Vernon Butler because Zimmer's out. So Zimmer's on IR, right? So no Zimmer, no star. So it's Harrison Butler or Harrison Phillips. Sorry, Vernon Butler. Uh, they might, I mean, Boogie's probably going to play, right? 
It's not ideal. When, and I guess that's my biggest concern, though, because so like I said, we we're going against Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I think that Jonathan Taylor is going to have like a 500 yard. You know, it's not going to be like a Madden day. Right. But the thing is, though, star is. And I think now at this point, I, I'm hoping that at least everybody in the comment section understands how important Star the Tula Day is. You get what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. there was a section of the fan base before that's like, no, Star. I was, I was okay. one of them. And now I think, and I'm hoping for the most part, that our fan base has understood what his presence on the field means. I need Star back, man. Like, and I don't care what he has this year and what next year left on his contract, yeah. I think. Yeah. Doc, I need you back, Star. I need you back. I need you back. But, yeah. But real quick, before we <laughs> move away from this, I just want to show the standings, the, the, the top standings for the AFC conference. So, Currently, we're we're tied in second place with the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's some tiebreakers and everything, so I, we can talk about that later. But um, the Chiefs, as horrible as they've been playing, they're first in their division. Mm. Who was it that said that it was too early to kick dirt on the Chiefs? I think it was Joe Miller. And I think it was Jay Spence the King, too. So <laughs> I think we were right. You know, and then even again, I know we just talked about we should have beat the Steelers. But uh, the Steelers is right there in the wild card. Like, they're right there. Yep. So when you're looking at this, it's like you got these teams. I got a, I got a, a feeling that that the Chiefs are going to continue to um, I know they have a rough schedule, but I have a feeling that they're going to figure this thing out because that's what they do every year. They're kind of like the Patriots used to be where they would start off slow and then out of nowhere, they would just kind of pick it up. I feel like the Chiefs are going to do that. The Ravens, we can hate all we want to and we can say what we want about Lamar Jackson. That guy is playing at an MVP level because he's putting his team in positions to win every single week. He had a bad game against the Dolphins. Okay, let's talk about it and laugh at him and whatever. Josh had a bad game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's the same thing. Mm. Lamar Jackson is playing at an elite level this year. And then you look at the Titans. This is the team, like you said, I don't think it's sustainable. I think they're going to fall off. Yeah, I think they're going to fall off. You're probably looking at a Ravens Bills AFC Championship game, would be my guess. Would be my yeah. guess, Robert. Yeah. Just my guess. <laughs> nice fall. <laughs> nice falsetto, Joe. Well, I do make a living singing. So for those of you that are wondering, but uh let's talk about it's the uh three quarter mark of the hour. Let's talk about uh Josh Allen's stat lines for this football game. And maybe we can do I don't know, do we want to do run game stat lines? What do where do we want to what do we want to do? Um, how do we, we want to wrap the show tonight? Let's talk Josh. Everybody loves Josh. Everybody. Did you you probably haven't had a chance to watch the new uh Beyond the Blue and Red, right? No, no. It, it just came out today. It's really good. So it's about I'll Josh. check it out when we get done with this. Yeah, it's super super. I gotta good. take my hair out to get rebraided. So I check it out while I'm doing that. So in the comment section, let's talk about Josh Allen. What are we looking at? What are uh, some projections, some predictions for Josh Allen's stat line in this football game? And I don't know if I'm gonna give one because I've kind of gotten in the habit of giving mine during the prediction show, the time to shine show on Saturdays. But uh what do you think? Uh oh, super chat. So we have a super chat from uh, our guy, Brian Bowers, who I still am telling everybody the dude needs his own show, but nobody listens to he me. He does. And he uh, won't come on mine, man. I've DM'd him like twice and he just would not come <laughs> on the code of conduct. And I don't know if I ain't exclusive enough. I don't know if I, if I don't have the right clout. I'll get Brian Bowers, my man, buddy B on the code of conduct. But he says with the super chat that it's the same ish every year with the Titans. Now they don't have Henry. They will fall back to earth. Trust. Tannehill isn't it. I agree. Tannehill isn't it, but Tannehill is a lot better than we give him credit for. 
he's an enigma to me. He's he's like the epitome of a game manager. Like if you want a guy that's a game manager that's not going to make a, a crucial mistake that's going to hurt you, he is the guy. Like he is the guy that's just not going to hurt you. And it's 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 frustrating. And he has a punch a very punchable face. So <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to say that he's a very punchable face. But as far as Josh Allen goes in this football game, what is Josh Allen going to have to do in this football game? What are your thoughts? So in the comment section, Josh Allen stat line, throw them up now if you've got them. What do you think Josh Allen's going to do in this football game? What 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 are your feelings this Bills offense, including Josh Allen, is going to have to do to put this uh, this Colts team away? Do you, last year to me was a, not an outlier, but it was di- it was an outlier when you think about it. The Bills started almost every drive inside their own fifteen in that football game. It was a different game. If the Bills have some semblance of getting drive starts at the 25, 30, 35, 40, I think this is a completely different football game. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree with you. But but also, so last season, that was the first year we saw the offense look the way that they look. Like they, mm-hmm. It was the first time that we saw them come out and be dominant. So the thing is, it didn't matter last year. Like we right. were, you could get the ball on the two yard line and Josh was taking us down the field for 98 yards and a touchdown. Like he was doing it consistently. Like it was, right. it was insane. Now, um, when you look at that playoff game, that's not what was happening. They would get the ball in the five on the five or on the 10 and it could not get out. They could right. not move that ball. So right. the thing is, as, as much as I want to sit here and say, you know, the coach just aren't a good team and the coach aren't this or the coach aren't that. They figured out something in order to to slow Josh Allen and their offense down. So I'm not saying that's going to be the same thing that happens. But for me, the, the key that I'm looking at and I got yelled at for for posting this, I, I need to start seeing more games where Josh Allen has zero turnovers. Mm. Zero turnover. And I understand that it's not realistic to say, like, you're going to go the whole season with no interception. I'm not saying that. But what ends up happening is you allow certain teams to kind of feel confident and, and stick around yeah, and yeah you know so you turn that ball over momentum and momentum's a real thing i don't like i don't know how many people like really pay attention to momentum uh the way it's talked about sometimes on sports like for instance in basketball you could a team would be up by 20 points and then the momentum changes and the other team like goes on a 25 to 3 run and then all of a sudden the, the game is scored you know it's tied it's real WGR 55 would not be happy with this segment. I'm just letting you know. (laughs) It's a good thing I don't work for WGR 550 because (laughs) this is to me, it's a real thing. Like momentum, just like culture is a real thing. And and if you're, if, if you're going to allow teams to get turnovers on you, like for instance, the jets, they were horrible for the whole game. Mm. They were horrible, but that turnover, it kind of made them feel like, okay, at least we could play defense. <laughs> at least we could do this. And then they scored a little bit here and they felt good about them. They weren't going to win. But the thing is, you don't want to give good teams the opportunity to feel good about themselves. Have you ever seen a team celebrate an interception losing by four touchdowns the way the Jets did when they intercepted Josh Allen? Man, I mean, they had, to, they had to celebrate something, boss. Ten games in, they finally have a, cor- a defensive back with an interception and it was like they won the Super Bowl. Like, but that's why. That's why they had to celebrate that. I mean, you see the way the Jacksonville Jaguars celebrated a victory over us. It was like, well, that was you a know, big deal. That was. The, I mean, we are the we are the big boys on the block at this point. At least we were before the Jaguars game. I'm just saying. 
Josh we don't want to give teams the idea that they can compete with us. Yeah, Josh Allen for me in this football game, I'm not saying he has to take the game over, but this has to be a Josh Allen football game. This is not a game where we're going to walk away and go, man, we rushed for 180 yards and we had four touchdowns on the ground and it was great and we didn't even need Josh Allen. This, to me, is a game with that defense and those linebackers on that football team where Josh Allen is going to have to be the MVP. Like, this is one of those football games that they're going to look back, the voters are going to look back and be like, without Josh Allen, the Bills don't win that football game. And I feel like the Bucks is another one of those games, probably both Patriots games. This is that game. It, 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 this isn't the Jets. This isn't the Jets football team. I don't know what his yardage totals are going to be, but he's going to have to be dominant. He's going to have to play not flawless, but lights out. Is there a difference between lights out and flawless? Yeah. Yeah, because lights out, you can still make a mistake here or there. You know, like flawless, it, it's the perfect game. And, and that's, right. I mean, obviously, that's what we all want to see. I don't need them to be flawless, but right. I do need them to be lights out for the rest of the year. For the, for rest, the rest of the year. Of the year. Yeah. So, like we said, we have eight games left, right? So, I don't want to see, for, for the remaining eight games, I don't want to see more than five interceptions. That's a lot for Josh. That is a lot. It's probably three to four. He's going to three to four through the end of the season, I think. So that means, so that means at the very least, if you're going to average that out, then, then if he's going to throw one interception in four games, then we need to see four games with zero interceptions. Mm -hmm. I don't want, I don't even want to be honest. I don't want to see any interceptions. Right. But right. what I'm saying is I also understand who Josh is. Like, I understand that he's aggressive and he's going to push the ball down the field. And if he thinks Steph has a chance to win a, a, a route or he has a chance to win a jump ball he's going to throw it and sometimes those will get intercepted i'm okay with those well it's a punt it's if it's 60 yards on field if it's 60 yards on field it's a yeah. punt it doesn't matter so that's why i'm saying like when i said five was because and it is a lot but the reason why i said it like that is because i understand but when, when we're having games against the jets and you're throwing interceptions when you're throwing interceptions against the jags something has to like that that can't so right. and we have right. a i'm not saying we're playing the jags and the jets a lot we play the jets again though and we we have you know, you have teams, our schedule, quote unquote, is weak. Right. I don't right. want to see all these turnovers and, and the fumbles, the carelessness with the fumbles. We have to clean that up. Um, so like you, I'm not going to necessarily give a, a, a complete prediction and stat because I've lately I've been saving that for the chop up as well. But zero turnovers. That's that's my focus. I want to see Josh come out there. No fumbles, no interceptions. I think where this football team can be beaten is on the outside, on the boundaries. So I think St Stephon Diggs potentially could have a pretty decent day. So we'll see. But uh, why don't we wrap this thing up early tonight? How do you feel about that? I'm, I'm okay with it. I got to, yeah. yeah, I told you, got to go take my braids out, wash the hair and everything, getting it redone. So yeah, I got, I got some, some extra time. Got about seven minutes extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super good. So uh, yeah. Any final closing thoughts before I wrap this thing up? <clears throat> Um, first I want to say, uh, Brian, I know I was joking there, man. I know he called me out. He's like, that's not true. Jay Spence in the comments when I said that he didn't <laughs> want to come on the show. I saw uh, it. So no, no, I know, I know, Brian, I'm just messing with you. You're my guy. And I'm actually, when I get off of this, I am going to reach out to you. I got to get you on the conduct, man. Let's get you on maybe the episode after Thanksgiving game. We'll get you on the conduct if, Dude, you're, I, if you're free. I got to call Brian Bowers out. Brian Bowers was a staple on the 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 time to shine inside of the overreaction like pregame pod last season where you recorded your voice and, and emailed it in or sent it to me 
Mm-hmm. Dude hasn't shown up one time on the live version. Man, he's too busy for you on Saturdays, man. He's too busy. He's out. He's out. He's out. Like getting it. Getting out partying, man. Yeah, getting getting jiggy it, with it. It's Saturday it, night. What get you mean? going. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need a little bit of Brian Bowers on Saturday night, eight p.m. Yeah. Come on now, Brian. You and Saxon. Brian Dave. set us up. He set us up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's he's responding to you. He's like, "Let's do it, Jay Spence." So, yes, yeah, sir. That's... And good night, mom. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're she fine. said night. Good night, mom. And uh, let me see. I didn't talk to Jamie. Did I talk to Jamie tonight? Is she in there? She was. I think she's gone now, but she was. I'm there. sorry, Jamie. If you're not in here, I love you. <laughs> I love Jamie, man. Jamie's awesome. Your oh. family is, is awesome, man. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Well, you're technically part of that family now, so it's all good. Yes, sir. So, ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Multicast and Podcast Network, brought to you by the Market Dominator with your hosts. Joe Miller and Jay Spencer King. I love you, Tremaine. And uh, that's awesome. Uh, you can find me, Joe Miller, on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. You can find Jay Spencer King on Twitter at Jay Spencer King. And you can find John Spash, check the market dominator, dominator if you're looking to buy or sell a home on his cell phone, 716-570-3298. Or on, I like his handle better. Find him on Twitter. Yeah. Follow him. You're at your elite broker. But with that... Oh, wait, I, can I say one more thing? You can always say one I'm more sorry. thing. I'm sorry. I should have did good. this a second ago when you gave You're me the good. floor. I'm sorry. Hey, I need y'all to get out to resurgence. Oh. I need y'all to get out to consumers. I need y'all to get out to Wegmans. I need y'all to try this Buffalo Rumblings IPA. If you didn't make it out to the release when, when I was there, I would tell you, this is it's actually good. I don't drink beer. It's good. I'm telling you. <laughs> get out and try it. When you go buy it, do me a favor. Snap a selfie. Take a picture of you Ooh. drinking or take a picture with, with the can. I'm doing something special for the end of the season, and I want all of you to be a part of it. Please take a picture, snap it, do a selfie. Tag me, tag Joe, tag Buffalo Rumblings, tag Bruce, whoever, and I'll make sure you're a part of this. Please, please, please go out to, again, Consumers, Resurgence, and Wegmans. This is all going towards the Haven House of Buffalo, which benefits women and children escaping domestic violence situations. We want to give them a good Thanksgiving, which is coming up next week. We want to give them a good Christmas. So we're doing a food drive. And, and then also, like I said, the money's going directly there. So please, please get out to, to Consumers, Wegmans, and uh, what did I say? A resurgence. <laughs> and get the beer, please. Good stuff. Joe Miller, Jay Spencer King, we love you guys and uh, looking forward to this football game. I want to believe. I want to believe. Go Bills, Jay Spence. Go Bills. I love you, Tremaine. <laughs> <laughs>